My name is Andres de los Santos, and this is Why Do You Write? So on the last episode of Why Do You Write, we got to interview my friend Maddie. Now Maddie is not a writer, she's a photographer. So that was kind of a wild card episode, but still there is some storytelling elements in photography. However, let's get back into writing. So on today's episode, we're interviewing my friend Riley. Now Riley is the current editor-in-chief for The Barometer, which is OSU's campus newspaper. That's actually where I worked last year. I was a sports chief for The Barometer last year, but enough about me. Riley has a phenomenal story. So Riley went from a normal news contributor to editor-in-chief in just one year, which is, it's crazy to think about. It's phenomenal. And Riley has written a ton of great stories covering protest, news stories, but even opinion-based articles as well. And they're all really interesting to read. And we had such a fun conversation. I really enjoyed it. So with all that being said, I hope you guys enjoy this conversation with Riley. Riley, how's it going? Pretty good. How are you? I'm I'm great now that this episode is actually being recorded. And <laughs> for, for context, this is our second time shooting this cause, just because silly me forgot to hit save. So um, the previous episode we recorded is gone. But I got practice. We got, we got practice now. So now, now you got your answer. So you know what you're doing. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, feel, I feel a rookie mistake. Anyway, it all happens. Podcasters. Does we, this we mean I've been on two podcasts? That means technically you've been on two episodes, except one is like lost in, in the one nether. is lost in the abyss. But yes, like this one will all not is, be lost. This is now my second, not my first podcast. There you go. So you're well versed. You're well versed. <laughs> so anyway, how's it going? How are you doing? Pretty good. It's week eight, so like it is week eight. Tired, but uh, ready uh, for a break. But almost enough. <laughs> oh, Thanksgiving's next week, so looking forward to that. Yeah. Uh, all right. So anyway, Riley, I know who you are, obviously, but our <laughs> listeners, they don't know who you are. So um, can you say your name, your pronouns, your position at OMN, and how long you've been here? Yeah. So my name is Riley Lacoque. I use she, her pronouns. I'm the editor-in-chief of The Barrow, um, the campus newspaper. And I've been working at OMN since, what was it, March of my freshman year, so about a year and a half now. I'm a third year. That's insane. You, year and a half, you go from writer to editor-in-chief. The big yeah. EIC, as we call it. Well, I call it that. No one else calls it that. But <laughs> I was going to say, who's saying that? I say that. <laughs> well, because I remember, like, I can go on a tangent. I won't. This is your episode. Okay. So, <laughs> so when, Riley, when you think of the word writing, what are three words that come to mind? Um, if you had to pick three words. I think of my computer. Computer. I think of interviews. Interviews. And I think Interesting. Interesting. You sound like a student journalist right now, just because like that's all <laughs> that's all you guys do. That's all we well, I mean that's all I can I could say we. You that's all we. we do. Yeah, that's all we do. We're just like you're at your computer, <laughs> hoping for an interview, and like it is interesting for sure. Yeah, definitely. So like, would you say you're at your computer all the time then, as editor in chief? I wouldn't say all the time. I feel like I bounce like that's my home base, and mm-hmm. I bounce home back base. and forth a lot. <laughs> home base. Like I just like, like, like a little ping pong. That's, that, that, that's me in the office. That's me in the bullpen. Yeah, I kind of float. Kinda, yeah, just float like a, like a, like a like a like a fruit fly. Like a fruit fly. Because <laughs> like, I'll go bug you. And that's I'll, true. And then I'll go bug you. And then I'll go bug Wes. Is that your spirit and, animal? A fruit. A fruit fly. fly? <gasps> <gasps> oh my god, it probably is. <laughs> so, okay, so <laughs> off topic. So why those three words in particular? Why computers? Why interviews? And why interesting? I think interviews are like my favorite part of writing and this job in general mm. and kind of reporting um because i think everyone has something interesting to say and mm-hmm. i really love hearing about other people's perspectives mm-hmm. um and then computer one because i'm always like writing it like there was a time last year where i would write like four pieces a week which and i don't know so, i don't know how you did me neither <laughs> <laughs> um but 
I was always like there having like all my tabs open. Mm. Um, but also because of COVID, I've done most of my interviews like over the phone or over uh-huh. Zoom. I've had like maybe five in-person interviews that's in my crazy. whole time. And I've written a lot of stuff. Yeah, you have. So, yeah. But that's all like because of COVID. Like I started mm. writing in 2021. So, Do you think that like phone call interviews and Zoom interviews differ from in-person interviews? I kind of think it might make people feel more comfortable. Really? In what way? One, at this point, we're all kind of used to it. Um, True. But two, it kind of takes away, like, I feel like in person, it is, like, built up mm. a little bit. Like, it's kind of put on a pedestal, like, oh, I have to go meet this person and do an interview. Like, it's mm. kind of scary for people sometimes. It's true. And so I feel like if they're in the comfort of their own space um, and it just feels more casual, mm. then they're able to open up more. Yeah, I think it's. I think we bring up a good point. It's scary for both sides. Like yeah. for the for the source to be like, okay, I'll talk to this random person, and then for you, it's like now I got to go meet this random person. Exactly. So I think yeah, you bring up a good point where it's like, it's scary to meet them like actually in person, but it's like, hey, it's like it's a quick phone call. That should be should be easy. Yeah. So interviews, computer, interesting. Can you talk talk a little bit more about why you said interesting for writing? I think it ties to either the topic of the story or the interview itself. I think. Everything that I've written or I've seen pitched or other people write is different in its own way. And there's Mm -hmm. something more to be discovered. And that's what we're doing is figuring out more to the story. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's always interesting the answers you hear from interviews and what you find out when you're digging into a topic. Interesting. Okay. I like that. So what got you like into writing and how long have you been doing it? Um, For the... For like reporting and like journalism purposes, I started writing when I started working at OMN Mm -hmm. Um, and I got into it because I'm a STEM major, I'm a kinesiology student. Mm -hmm. And so I was tired of all my classes being like math and science and like sounds boring. All of that. It's not boring, but it was hard and it lacked like (laughs) it's not it's boring to you. It's not boring to me, (laughs) but it seemed to like make me feel disjointed and like not looking at the world like looking at it in a very like microscopic way mm-hmm. i guess rather than like people's stories and that's what i really missed um because i loved essay writing and so that's actually why i ended up applying was i just wanted writing and i saw the application i was like yeah that's cool i like essays because <laughs> i didn't have any essay classes it was all math and tests and i was oh, like oh yeah bring it back <laughs> run it back <laughs> so I, that's interesting i think you're the first person to say that um that they started working at OMN because they wanted to focus more on like the human side of things. Cause like, I mean, I do see what you mean where the science portion of everything, it's like so small and so condensed. You focus on like the molecular level of stuff. But if you go like past the microscope, science reference there, um, <laughs> you get, like, you get, there's a person in the story that to be told. And uh, I also find it interesting that you actually like writing essays. Yeah, I loved, I wrote, I remember I wrote an essay in high school about amnesia. It was like a free topic, like write whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And I chose to write about amnesia. Amnesia. Because I didn't know anything about it uh-huh. and it was interesting to me. So you did research? Yeah, like for... I did a research, like it was like, literally you can write any kind of paper you want. And I chose to write you a research amnesia. paper about amnesia. <laughs> okay, well, whatever floats your boat. <laughs> <laughs> so then what do you like, so let's go back to that. What do you like to write about? Do you like to write about amnesia stuff? Like do you write no. poetry about amnesia? That, that was a one and done. And poetry <laughs> poetry's not my thing. I'm not good at it. <laughs> um, but I like to write, I really like, like I said, like finding people's stories and kind of diving deeper into something. So like profiles are always really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're pretty like easy to write too, so I can have fun with it. True. But I would say protests are one of my favorite things to cover. Oh wow! Protests. Especially if it's like a topic that 
I care about a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, because whenever you go to a protest, like you're kind of one thinking on the fly and just kind of observing. Yeah, of course. Um, and seeing everyone's passionate that's there, whether they be for or against whatever the protest is about. Mm-hmm. And so it's really easy to find people to talk to. And they usually have, again, really interesting and um, kind of eye opening perspectives or quotes to contribute to the story. Definitely. And so it's easy in that way, but hard in the way of you're trying to cover everything and he- listen to the whatever guest speakers happening, pay attention if there's anything happening in the surrounding, yeah. mm-hmm. um, as well as staying in tune with the protest itself. So it's just very multifaceted, and I think that's mm-hmm. really interesting. Okay, that's yeah, interesting because, so like, let's focus on protests for a little bit. So I'm from California, mm-hmm. and the protest scene there in California, anywhere you go, it's like associated with like violence and like stores getting broken into and like fire. I, I think a lot of protests are associated with that just because the media like kind of portrays it that way. Yeah. But here in Corvallis, the protest scene is like not that. It's a complete 180. It's like it's very calm, very mm-hmm. peaceful. A lot of people are protesting. Um, do you think so? Like, I'm gonna just jump to the story. You actually covered a <laughs> protest. You covered the Roe v. Wade protest um, for the um, Beaver's Digest magazine, the Sex magazine. How was that like? Because honestly, if I were you, I would probably pass out just because like I'd be so scared. It was. So it was right after the decision had been made, and it was actually kind of like a combo thing. So the piece I wrote for Beaver's Digest was on the topic of Roe v. Wade, mm-hmm. and then I had gone to a protest for the barometer and worked with another writer to cover that protest. So right. I used some info from that mm-hmm. to, ta- to talk about it in the story for Beaver's Digest. Um, and since it was so close to the decision happening, it was literally like that week. Mm-hmm. And so it was really fresh in everyone's mind. For me personally, it was really jarring yeah i cried it was Mm -hmm. not good um and so but i think going to the protest and seeing so many people in support so many so many people passionate Mm -hmm. it was kind of therapeutic and made me feel like this is not the end Mm -hmm. like there will be something more and this is not going to stay the way it is so for me personally it was really fun to go to and like i said therapeutic um especially after the decision happening so soon was it like relieving in a sense too because it was like um like you knew you weren't alone? Yeah, I think so for sure cuz there was so many people there was a bunch of like old ladies and I've probably seen like the signs on Instagram or whatever it's like I've already fought for this or I've yeah. already marched for this. Yeah. Um and it's really nice to see that kind of like one it's sad that we have to keep doing that mm-hmm. but generationally like the the topic and like this idea and this idea of like protesting and standing up for what you believe in mm-hmm. is so like it spans towards everyone yeah, like totally. there was little children there there's grandmas like it was, <laughs> everybody was there. yeah it was great and now you you went as like i mean you went as a supporter obviously for the cause but you mm-hmm. went as a journalist like primarily yeah was it really hard to like stay like not neutral but, oh, like yeah. to not get your opinion <laughs> in the article yeah it that was one thing where I can't choose, I can't put my opinion in and I'm mm-hmm. covering both sides of it. Cause there were a couple of like counter protesters there. And, There's always going to be those. Um, and so obviously like covering that and including that, but since so many people that are at those events are passionate about it, I can kind of like, whatever their quotes are, I, I couldn't have said it better. They're mm-hmm. saying it already. Um, and so it's not bringing my opinion into it, but it's like, I know other people share my opinion and right. that's already represented. So I don't have to put mine in. It's like, they're speaking for you. Yeah. They're speaking, like, for the collective, like, Mm -hmm. idea, um, which I think, again, is, like, really helpful to have, Mm -hmm. even if you're there as a supporter and as a journalist, because you do have to keep your opinion out of it, um, which is hard, but Mm -hmm. with enough people kind of 
having a similar idea, I think, or even if they don't have a similar idea, mm. it's good to have those in there. Then you think about the topic even more. Yeah. Because it's a different perspective. I think it's crazy too, like, because what most people, most people don't know is that that story had such a quick turnaround. Because I think, <laughs> I think the magazine was done already. I yeah, think, no, it was I, really, it was, it I think was, it was like one spread. Yeah. They like moved something. They moved something. And then it was a whole spread just for the Roe v. Wade issue. And then, so how did you, how did you even get the story assigned to you? I knew another writer had taken the Barrow story about the protest and mm -hmm. I was already going to go and then ended up kind of helping them with it. But I wanted to write something about Roe v. Wade so bad because mm -hmm. I'm really passionate about it. Of course. Of course. Um, and I was up in the bullpen and I remember the creative lead was like calling with the editor-in-chief of Beaver's Digest at the time. Mm. They were like, we have to include something about Roe v. Wade. Who's going to write it? Like, all our writers are busy. And I was like, do you need something written? I'll do it. Yeah, and right I, right. I, just, I just jumped on it because I wanted to <laughs> so badly. Uh -huh. And then I turned it around, like, definitely less than a week. It was a couple of days. <laughs> Still, that, that's insane. And the fact that you got it done and it was such a good story is like... Thank you. No, I'm, I'm saying because I was reading I was like, oh, this is really, really good. I was like going through it. But that's like that's your reputation here at Omen Riley. You have like such like a a fast turnaround, and like you're always seen as the writer. Oh, like that's I know, so I'm, I'm serious. Because <laughs> like I remember, I would like go through, I would go to the paper, like reading. I'm like, hey, Riley, 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 Riley. <laughs> like, damn, Riley writes a lot. Yeah. And then it was like you and Sam, and I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. like writing a lot. How did you do it? <laughs> how did you How did you write like eleven thousand stories in one week? That's, that blows my mind. I think. Because I almost quit at one point because I felt like it was too much. Mm -hmm. um, but when I would see assignments up there on the board and they weren't getting taken, mm -hmm. I knew they were stories that needed to be told. Even if I was like, no one's taking it. I want this story to be told. Mm -hmm. I don't have to be the one to tell it, mm -hmm. but I want it told. And I knew it had to be. And so it was kind of like I felt like ob obligated to like the community right. and those communities that we were talking about. Mm -hmm to write something on them because they their voices deserve to be heard and so it was kind of like i had to mm -hmm. um and then like i said like they were fun so i learned something new every time that's cool so so you took initiative and in getting those stories told yeah which is crazy because i know like like when i was i would kill for a writer like you last year riley because <laughs> i would pitch so as sports chief i'd pitch stories about like hey guys like this coach did this thing and then like oh like this person did this thing but if they weren't sports stories like about the games, mm -hmm. people are like, nah, nah. See, I, I think those are the most interesting stories. I did I one sports story about Jade Carey, like oh, before yeah, she came. Right. Uh -huh. And like I loved writing that. One, because I'm like very biased. I love gymnastics so much. Well, so, so do I, yeah. So. But <laughs> yeah, like those those are fun. I know, yeah. It's always like it's always cool like learning about like athletes and just people more than just like yeah. a title. It's like, let's say like you interview like I don't know, the president of OSU, which Jayati, shout out to you. Um, and let's say she's like, I don't know, she's like uh, like a record collector. That's cool. Yeah. You know, or more than just a record collector. Yeah. That's like, I'm going off topic here. <laughs> anyway, so how did you, let me ask you this. How did you find out about Orange Media Network in general? I It was my winter term on campus. It was still COVID. And I was looking for jobs on the OSU website because mm. I didn't want to work in the dining halls anymore. That's fair. Um, and then, like I said, I missed essay writing or just writing in general. And I was like, yeah, I, you know, I did yearbook. Like, I, I could do something like this. Mm. Um, I then applied and then my application got lost for a little bit. <laughs> so I think I applied like back in January, February. And uh -huh. I didn't like get hired until March. Oh, that's a faster turnaround than me. 
I don't remember. I don't remember. I know it was like, I remember interviewing with patients and she was like, yeah, sorry, we lost your application. So it was gone for a minute. Like I didn't, I was just like, oh, okay, that okay. went nowhere. Uh-huh. And then I get an email and it's like, hi, we'd like to hire you. It's like, oh, cool. It's like, oh, okay. Like, here it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a common theme at all, man. Um, <laughs> I, know, I know like even for me, when I was, when I applied to sports out of my freshman year, um, I applied in September and I didn't hear back from Alex until like December. So I was like, dang, I was like, whoops. I mean, I got hired though in the grandma now, but yeah, yeah I definitely Just relate. know if you want to work for us, we want you to work for us. It takes a little bit. Editors are busy. <laughs> <laughs> We're <laughs> very, trying. Very busy. So you got hired, you got, you got the interview, you got hired. What was your first writing assignment for the barometer? I think it was something about COVID for sure. And it was something about like, um, outreach centers and testing and something like something like that mm-hmm. um but i was only hired as a columnist actually oh and i didn't know what that was <laughs> so somehow don't ask me how you could read the story i guess but i somehow put opinion into that okay saying like <laughs> the centers were good i don't i don't know it was it was a wacky story um but it's still up in the internet so <laughs> but i remember finding my source on reddit actually because R- i knew reddit. i wanted to talk to a student uh-huh. that's one thing like i always want to get a student perspective in of course um and so i was like hey does anyone have an opinion about this <laughs> and someone reached out and was like yeah sure and so i phone interviewed someone from reddit that's wild <laughs> and then the photographer somehow tracked him down and took pictures of him oh <laughs> But yeah, that was my first story. Back a little the, bit hodgepodge, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. she made it up. Back in the COVID days, we were like, yeah, Reddit, we, we use Reddit. Instagram was used a lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't, I don't miss those days. <laughs> yeah, because like, I forget. Because um, So for context, a columnist is an opinion article, opinion-based writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, like a, a contributor is just like a normal writer. So like I definitely see the confusion yeah. in that. I didn't know the difference or like what I was applying for even when I was mm-hmm. applying. And after that piece, they're like, do you want to write news? And I was like, yeah, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. So then I applied <laughs> um, as a news writer, but it's nice to have that columnist like availability. Cause there are topics sometimes that I want to take a more opinionated approach to. What are some other columns you've written? I wrote one about the Kyle Rittenhouse verdict. Oh, okay. and that was, that one sticks out in my mind a lot because one, it was something that I wanted to write about, but it was like kind of, it's national news. So it's a little bit more detached. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was able to talk to people here about kind of the logistics of it from like a political science professor. And then I talked to some other people about like how that made them feel and mm-hmm. kind of this cycle of injustice and two justice systems, um, which kind of ties into like how I like covering politics. But (laughs) um, that was one of my favorites because it was so emotional for a lot of people. I bet, yeah. And it was like, it had a lot of angles to it. And Mm -hmm. so it was just really interesting to hear and like really be that ear for people who needed to talk about it. Mm. Yeah, one thing that our journalism advisor, Jen, preaches is like, is like national news is of course relevant to everybody, but how is mm-hmm. it relevant to like Oregon State students, like the OSU community? Yeah. So I think it's cool you found like an angle where it's like it's relevant because like this OSU student thinks this and like this thinks this. So I mm-hmm. think that was pretty cool. Yeah. On that. And there's a lot of questions around it either way. Yeah, of course. There's always anytime the political thing, there's always questions. Yeah. Um but not, but then you switched to news writing and how was that jump from opinion your one opinion piece to <laughs> to actually news reporting? News reporting was easier for me. I always got feedback that I my columns didn't have enough opinion in oh, them. Oh, okay. Because like if I'm talking about it, I would have opinion. Yeah. But whenever I wrote it for some reason, it just the opinion was not as strong. And so mm. news was more natural for me, I think. 
So then what was your first like, actual news assignment <laughs> for the Brown? If you can remember that. I remember, I think it was something about roommates. Okay. Like roommates, like. Like it was something about housing. Because mm. I know it was in the like that. It was in a print issue that year. And it was my first print piece. And it was something about like how to pick roommates or like how you find roommates or mm. something about that. Um, the first one I remember like a lot. The first one I like remember fully was actually in the beginning of last year. Um, and it was the Pride Center had done a like historic walk. And so I interviewed oh. someone about what does this walk mean? Because mm-hmm. um, they also were having their, I think it was their 50th anniversary. I think it was. Yeah, yeah their 50th anniversary last year. Um, and so it was kind of like a historic, mm-hmm. like going through the eight, going through the years of like what um, the Pride movement has kind of like gone through. That's so cool. Yeah, it was really it was really fun. That was like also an in-person interview. Oh. So that was even cooler. Like coming <laughs> back in the fall and then doing an in-person interview. That's wild. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your writing process like for a story? I mean, I'm assuming you have a good one just because you crank out like 11,000 stories in one time. <laughs> but uh, what's your writing process for a story like? Um, I typically get the assignment, think about it a little bit, reach out to any source I think might have something to say about it. Mm. Always look for a student perspective. Always look for an expert perspective. And then the last one is kind of tailored to the story. Mm -hmm. Um, Reach out to them as soon as I get the assignment. And then after that, I kind of do some research so I know what I'm talking about when I talk to them. Mm -hmm. Um, And then kind of pre-write is a great strategy I have. Like an outline? Kind of like an outline. Like I just kind of like word vomit some paragraphs. Mm -hmm. And at this point, they look like more well-constructed graphs. But (laughs) it's usually like idea space space idea space space <laughs> and then um once i hear the f- once i get the first interview things start to come together then uh-huh. the other interview kind of pulls it all together okay so it's like i know because like i i can't talk on uh, news writing because i don't do it that much but when i was a sports writer like for game coverage at halftime we have like okay like you can kind of predict who wins like osu mm-hmm. won slash lost blah 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 blah, blah. Oh, headlines this player, are the worst blah, blah, blah. Uh, headlines oh my gosh headlines this year though i'm <laughs> loving headlines really last year i hated headlines headlines are <laughs> i do not that's the one thing i don't miss about news because like a lot of times the sports like sports writers just give me the story and i pick a headline so i'm just mm-hmm. like well and i'd be like ben what are we doing <laughs> so, yeah headlines I, I agree headlines are ugh. so before I, I have a couple more questions but i'm, I'm curious to know what was how, how was it like going from a writer to editor-in-chief in one year that's got to be like the surreal, imposter right? syndrome was so real. Oh, I bet. I did not think that I should be in that position. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought like, oh, I have some ideas that would be really cool, but like, I'm not a writing major mm-hmm. or like I don't have any like formal background in that. Right. Um, all my experiences from OMN. Right. And so I felt like I'm, I'm not qualified enough to be able to give feedback in that way and lead in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I'm just now kind of feeling comfortable in the position. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was definitely scary. <laughs> oh, I bet, yeah. Anytime, anytime you take a student like leader position, it's scary mm-hmm. if you're an omen. Especially because like the interview process is so daunting. Oh, so, yeah. For context. <laughs> you, so what they do is for all the student leaders, so like FM, what is it? Like FM, Barrow, FM, Barrow, Barrow BD, wait, Damn Chic, Damn Chic, Prism, Prism TV. TV. They sit you down in this table in this in this big conference room, right in the middle, and there is like all the all like this uh, is it C? It's all of the like, Omen board. Board, yeah, members. all the board. 
and like which is also including your boss yeah it's, it's your boss yeah so that was like oh god it's like, like people know who, like they know who you are so it's so daunting and so you, like i remember when i because when, when i was interviewing for fm i walked in like i was like yeah i got this and i got in the room i sat down and i was like oh this is real okay so it's very very daunting um but i mean i if it makes you feel better i think you're fit for the job Thank you. Of course, yeah. Cause <laughs> I feel I, okay about it now, but <laughs> I think I told you this too. I think I was close to applying mm-hmm. Barrow Chief, but I feel like well, I, I was gonna then I dropped my application day of. But I feel like if I did, Chris Riley, you know how I am. I feel like <laughs> if I was Barrow Chief, the environment. How do I put this nicely? I feel like it would be just two very different barrows. Yeah, nothing would get done. <laughs> <laughs> nothing would get done because I'd be messing around with everybody. Oh my gosh, because like I hate being serious. Different story, (laughs) but I think you're fit for the job because I I think if I was doing it, I feel like that paper would be like highlighter green, like like pink headlines. Not green. Well, not okay. Like let's go orange. Thank you. And like pink headlines and like the the we'll save it for the April Fool's issue. (laughs) I'll put that. All right. (laughs) So enough enough of me. Back to you, Riley. So how has OMN strengthened your writing skills over time? Oh, so much. Um. I definitely feel like I can write anything now at this point mm-hmm. um, from writing like listicles, briefs, um, profiles, protests, research stories, like anything. I really feel like any topic and any format I can kind of tackle because I have that like science lab report background as mm-hmm. well as the journalism background and I've written essays. So like when I came here, I only knew how to write essays. Yeah. Um, and now I really do feel like whatever comes my way, I can at least take a confident stab at it. Okay. So, like, does this include, like, a poetry book or something? Oh, God, no. Po- sorry. Poetry <laughs> Poetry is my one exception. I refuse. It will be so bad. You're going to think I'm the most emo person in the world. And it's not going to be pretty. Like, I'll just forget how to use all words. <laughs> Don't tell my to cruise that. <laughs> hey, I'm not submitting. <laughs> so, like, how has your writing changed? And how is your writing from, like, just essay writing to where it's, like, like you, because essay writing, I can speak on experience. It's like regurgitating information. Yeah. News is the same thing, but it's done like very like. It's done in a much shorter way, yeah. I think. Really, like, not shooting for a page number was mm-hmm. a was the biggest difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can flow a lot better. I don't need to have all of these like formal transitions. Like our journalism advisor always says, like, you write till you run out of information. Yeah. And I think that the way that we write stories here um, and like just formatting like the way we do graphs and mm-hmm. everything, it makes more sense to my brain than essay writing even, I mm-hmm. think, because um, I'm just a lot more free to play around with it Yeah. and follow. I've really followed the flow of the story based on the interviews. Right. And so I think that's nice to have. I think it's cool. It's about like um, journalism writing is you have to rely on so many people. So yeah. like there's like the editor, uh, which is you. The writer, the photographer, um, copy editor sometimes. So it's like it's yeah. like a really cool like team. Like how does that how has like your teamwork, I guess, skills grown over the last couple years at OMN as well? I think my teamwork has grown a lot. I did a lot of like team leadership kind of things in high school, um, and then through gymnastics growing up. Mm-hmm. But I think this one was a lot more of that like constant collaboration. Mm-hmm. Um that I wasn't necessarily unfamiliar with, but this just kind of takes it to a whole new level. Yeah, And so it's really just a lot of like trusting your other editors. Cause like for me, we have a city and campus editor, so Mm. I don't even edit most of the stories. They they go through them first. 
And then if there's questions, I come over, look at it. Um, but I think it's like collaborating and trusting who you're working with mm. and being okay with being hands off. That was like a big adjustment. I that's, think that's fair. Cause like, I feel like, cause you're the editor in chief. So it makes sense. You want to be like all hands on. Yeah. That was me last year. I wanted to be all hands on with sports, <laughs> but you're going to drive yourself crazy if you do that. Yeah. And I want to make sure like all of the writers feel supported. I'm like, Oh, I could give you this and this and this, but mm -hmm. then like, I can't help anyone if I don't take care of myself. Exactly. So that's one thing I've like started to realize this <laughs> month. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, that, that's fair. Yeah. Cause like, I know like last year at sports, like I, I used to not take care of myself at all. I'd be working at like 11 PM. Yeah. I'd be, I'd be here till like midnight sometimes like working. So I think you're doing, you're already setting the example to your team of, uh, like <laughs> not working past a certain hour. Yeah. Like setting boundaries. And also I think it's really cool. Or I think we touched, we talked about this earlier, but no one on your team is a writing major. Yeah. So <laughs> that's one thing I think is like kind of a, an odd superpower for the team this year. Um, we have kinesiology, nutrition, political science, and then someone who has like three majors, but they're all like history and environmental science. Yeah. Um, so none of us have like that formal background, but we've all gotten all of our training at OMN. Mm. So I think that kind of speaks first to OMN strength of like, we've learned everything we know from this place, Yes. which is really cool. I know. That's cool to think about. Um, but secondly, I think it, we all bring different perspectives like not the as a journalist like you kind of learn one way and you think this is the way it should be mm -hmm. but you do kind of like follow a format mm -hmm. and i think because we all have different sectors of like expertise i guess but also like interest we bring different stories forward interesting okay um and like when you're editing a big thing is like okay do i have any questions and so because we're all in so different such different areas yeah we all have different questions and so i think our stories are stronger because of that that's so cool I, think, I love it. I think I it's think, so cute for us. <laughs> <laughs> no one's a writing. No one is a writing. Well, I mean, technically, Adriana's an English major, but yeah. she's, she's a copy editor. But, so, yeah. So our copy editor has that formal background. But, but like, she's the only one. Yeah. All <laughs> you guys are just like science. <laughs> yeah. And even like Ben, the sports chief, is a finance major. Yeah, exactly. Which is so crazy to think about. <laughs> but that's a whole different story. We could talk about your team a different time. <laughs> but one last question for you, Riley. So let's say a freshman comes up to you or like some like young, like yeah, young freshman. And they want to work at OMN. They want to become a student journalist, but they're scared. Like, they don't know, like, they don't know, like, if they want to get started. They don't know if they're ready yet. Yeah. What would you tell them to, like, make that leap and start becoming a student journalist? I always tell people, well, first of all, none of us knew what we're doing. And we teach you how to do this. Mm -hmm. Because I think, like, having, knowing that you have that support is the biggest thing that gets you to take that jump. Mm -hmm. um, and so knowing that, like, we all have your back. We're here to help you learn. Um, I also say that like, it's, you can, there's so many cool things you can do with this. And I'm like, you can cover really any topic that you're interested in. Mm -hmm. Um, and just getting them to know that like, it's okay to be scared. Just follow the process with us mm -hmm. and see what can happen. Cause also like we make a really big impact. And I think that's, that's true. the coolest part of this, um, is that like, not just on campus, but in the community, um, the impact that we make is real. And so I think that's like inspiring for some people, mm -hmm. especially like a freshman. That's um, so true. Yeah. So yeah, just know you're not alone. It's okay if you don't know what you're doing. None of us do. <laughs> and it's really interesting, cool, fun, <laughs> swag. Swaggy. That is very true. I I preach that. I tell everybody that that no one really knows what they're doing. Even yeah. the meters. Like 
Shoot, I don't fake even know. Fake it till you make it. Fake it till you make it, and then I think you, we're faking it really, really good. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Riley. Well, thanks for the second go around of your podcast. <laughs> yeah, no worries. I promise this one will get uploaded, and we will catch you guys all next time on the next episode of Why Do You Write.